Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast. Thanks for checking it out and make sure you subscribed. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! Well, Hammer, that was quick. The 50 illegal immigrants that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis flew to Martha's Vineyard got the boot this morning. They were kicked out of Martha's Vineyard? Well, you know what? I'll get to that in a second. Here's a sign hanging in one of the uh, stores, one of the restaurants at Martha's Vineyard. It says... It's a very virtue signally. I saw this on Twitter. A very virtue signally sign. The island of Martha's Vineyard. We respect women. We value black lives. We stand with our LGBTQ community community members. We stand with immigrants, with refugees, with indigenous people, and with people of all faiths. We stand with our community. All are welcome here. Fast forward to early this morning. 50 migrants on a bus to a nearby military base. <laughs> now, <laughs> wait a minute. long. Hold on. I was told by people like Gavin Newsom that that was considered human trafficking. If you put the migrants on a bus and you take them to somewhere where they can better live their lives, according to people like Gavin Newsom, that's human trafficking. I will say, according to the LA uh, Daily News, uh, the, the, the quote-unquote migrants volunteered to get on a bus to a nearby to a nearby military base well sure. they volunteered but let's be clear those people at martha's venue uh, the elites the rich um the people in gated communities uh the people whose it'd be impossible to get to their house it'd be impossible to live where they live just by virtue of uh the 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 property uh the value of the property there let's be clear those people wanted them out of there and if some of those illegal immigrants wanted to stay, do you think that still probably would have been somewhat of an issue? <laughs> okay, so I know they, so according to the LA Times or the LA Daily News, they volunteered to get on the bus. But make no mistake about it, th- those people at Martha's Vineyard, as welcoming and as inclusive as they are, all breathed a big sigh of relief. Think about this. They have thousands and thousands of vacationers and visitors every single month, but 50 migrants come in, and it's DEFCON 1 around the neighborhood. They probably all could have stayed in Obama's bathroom and been very comfortable. Uh, and look, you know, I'm glad they're getting help. I'm glad they're getting the uh, uh, attention they need. They uh, all got on a bus to uh, some Cape Cod military base, and they're going to go from there. But... I, I just, you know, I love how the mainstream media says, oh, uh, no, no, they volunteered to get on this bus just to protect Martha's Vineyard. Right. Just to protect the elites from looking like they got, they kicked them out of their uh, little uh, cozy island there off Cape Cod. One of the uh, normal visitors to Martha's Vineyard is one Joe Biden. Mm. He spoke a little bit today about what Governor DeSantis and Governor Abbott of Texas did when they sent the border crossers to Democrat hotspots. My predecessor tried to end DACA, but the Biden-Harris administration is working to preserve it and fortify it. And with Secretary Mayorkas' leadership... We're committed to fixing the immigration system. Instead of working with us on solutions, Republicans are playing politics with human beings, using them as props. What they're doing is simply wrong. It's un-American. It's reckless. And we have a process in place to manage migrants at the border. We're working to make sure it's safe and orderly and humane. Republican officials should not interfere with that process. 
by waging a politi- these political stunts. No, 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 no. You don't get away with that because you, Joe Biden, and your administration has been doing this exact same thing for over a year and a half. You've been loading up illegals onto planes, flying out in the middle of the night and dropping them off into various parts of the country. And could someone please enlighten me as to what the process is down at the border? He can't interfere with the process. <laughs> uh, last time I checked, uh, Trump had a pretty good process because uh, border crossings skyrocketed once he left office because uh, directly as a result of Joe Biden's border policies. And I love that the Martha Vineyard's Chamber of Commerce put out a press release calling this a humanitarian crisis. It's 50 people. 50. There are more people that arrive in party buses and VIP flights that come into vacation than that. But 50 folks who might not look like you, who might not have the same amount of money as you, boy, that's a problem. Well, now you know how the folks at the border feel, except for times that by about 25 or 30. We talked about this yesterday. There are some border towns that if you look at the numbers being reported, there are more people crossing the border into their town than their official town's yeah. population. And now you've got a humanitarian crisis at Martha's Vineyard. Give me a break. You've got Ken Burns, this filmmaker. Uh, he, oh, he does the documentaries. He does those yeah, documentaries. Yeah. Pretty good, actually. He compared sending the migrants to Martha's Vineyard to the rise of the Nazis. Oh, boy. Elizabeth That's Warren, old Pocahontas, says that flying the migrants to Martha's Vineyard has reached a new low. And then Greasy Gavin, Gavin Newsom of California, he said he's going to look into whether or not they can file federal kidnapping and human trafficking charges okay. against Ron DeSantis because he loaded them on a plane and sent them to Martha's Vineyard. Now, that news got back to the Florida governor today. Ladies and gentlemen, Ron DeSantis. So uh, the governor of California um, sent a letter to the Department of Justice saying you need to prosecute Texas and Florida governors. And all I can say is um, I think his hair gel is interfering with his brain function. (laughs) Here's the thing that drives them nuts, Nige. Most of the Florida Democrats that are complaining about this signed off on this and voted for it. Back a couple months ago, the legislation in Florida had a bill in front that had $12 million earmarked to transport any illegal border crossers. Hmm. It was there. Interesting. And for the most part, every Democrat, give or take a few, voted for this, including the biggest surrogate for Charlie Crist, who's running against DeSantis for the governor's seat, Annette Taddow. She was the one who spent the entire day today virtue signaling about this. She voted for it. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it's like when, you know, Frank and Kerry, the uh, climate czar, John Kerry, lectures everybody about climate change and then turns around and boards a private jet. Like, who wants to hear a lecture from somebody about open borders? We need to open the borders. We need to be all-inclusive. We need to let everybody in while they're living somewhere that is closed off to everybody, right? I mean, especially because of costs of housing and property taxes. They're behind gates. The people that are calling for this kind of thing, these kind of progressive uh, uh, laws that let people in are all doing it from behind the walls of their giant multi-million dollar mansions, which nobody will ever be able to access. 
Tom Homan is the retired ICE director. He spoke earlier today about what he's seeing in terms of immigration. But I, wanted, I want to make one comment about what we just heard. They said it's inhumane, it's cruel, they're, they're invoking religion. Look, what, you, know what, you know what's inhumane? You know what's cruel? It's just open borders. And these sanctuary cities incentivize illegal immigration. What's inhumane is we've got over 1,300 migrants have died on U.S. soil since Joe Biden became president. We have over 100,000 Americans have died from fentanyl overdoses because of the open border. We have 31% of women making that journey with the criminal cartels that get sex assaulted. We got children drowning in the river. That's inhumane. That's cruel. And these sanctuary cities are part of the problem because they incentivize people to come to this country illegally to get to their city to be protected from ICE and other law enforcement. And this is on the heels of this report from Arizona that 300,000, 300,000 fentanyl pills seized at the border in a raid. That's a lot of fentanyl. You can notch. kill a lot of Americans with that. Uh, let's shift gears just a little bit. We have a Nancy Pelosi update, which means, Mondo, we need the official Nancy Pelosi music. Oh, is that necessary? She's, Everybody she's, in their mind can see Nancy Pelosi's face on that stupid little bike, just pedaling and pedaling and pedaling. She's 82 years old. Is that completely... That's out of line. So the Democrats apparently are starting to uh, have some conversations about who's going to replace the old Wicked Witch if indeed the Democrats lose the majority in the House. A couple of the Washington insiders joined <laughs> CNN earlier today. If we manage to hold on to the majority, hey, maybe Nancy Pelosi would want her to stick around. But if we don't, then her time is done. And we're going to want to move past her uh, for a number of reasons, including generational reasons. Of course, that leaves a lot of uh, drama in her wake trying to figure out who would possibly replace her uh, but most believe that she also sees that uh, November the end of this year is probably the end of her time in Congress let's talk about the drama what is the drums <laughs> here on who might replace her Hakeem Jeffries he's already a member of leadership he is considered likely the front runner he's been fundraising so is Adam Schiff he's been going all around the country oh. raising money trying <laughs> to win support in case he can get there for speaker Minority leader Adam Schiff. How does that sound to you, Nigel? Well, it's definitely not going to be Pelosi. She's out the door. What do you think? She she really wants to be minority leader in a lame duck administration? Because uh, there's no way Biden's running in 2024 anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, and Adam Schiff. Whatever. I don't. Who cares? Like it doesn't matter to me as long as as long as the Republicans are in control of the House. It feels like it's Hakeem Jeffries to lose, which is going to be great for this show because he's an idiot, and we're going to have tons <laughs> yeah. of fantastic audio to play. Because again, I can't stress this enough: he's an idiot. He's got that uh, Russian collusion evidence somewhere still, doesn't he? Oh yeah, both of them do. Schiff and Jeffries, they've uh, yeah. they've got a timeshare where they put all the Russian collusion evidence in. <laughs> You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Big night of uh, hip-hop downtown Indy and up at, at Ruoff, Hammer. There's uh, Said the whitest guy in the room. Uh, there's a big night of hip-hop <laughs> in the city, guys. Uh, you Kev kids like the hippity-hop, right? Kevin, Kevin Gates at White River. Um, the, I am a big, I'm a big fan of the Suicide Boys. They're at Ruoff. A hip -hop, they're a hip-hop duo. You guys like the rap? 
<laughs> you're like the hip hop, and then uh, a gentleman by the name of Black Bear at Old National tonight. Okay. So lots of uh, lots of concerts. I'm going to the Indians game tonight. It's oh, going to be a jam packed. It's going to be a beautiful evening. Is it, are they still doing Friday fireworks? I think so. I think. I I, I mean, I, I we're going to stick around and find out. Okay. For sure. Uh, let's go to Canada. Dateline Canada. They're having a problem up there in Canada. Uh, they're looking for a guy who's been posing as a reflexologist. What the hell is a reflexologist? Uh, guy does foot massages. Oh. Oh. Like so, a, a foot massage expert. So this guy's basically. been posing as one just because he's some weirdo with a foot fetish. <laughs> His name's Rex Ryan. Uh, <laughs> former co- coach Forgot of the Jets. about that. Uh, <laughs> no, yet notice dude is giving random women foot rubs in parking lots against their will. Against their will. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what the point is. Uh, telling somebody you're a reflexologist. No, it's okay, ma'am. Stay still. I'm a reflexologist. If they're if they're do if you're doing it against their will, I don't know even know what the point of telling somebody that is. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't just, matter what it, it, you know profession you are. If you're doing <laughs> it against their will, stop. <laughs> Full stop. Do you does the does the missus demand foot rubs? Every once in a while. Really? Every once in a while, but I suck so bad at it, she loses patience, and she's like, all right, just stop. That's the only kind of- I hear of, that a lot. That's the, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only kind of uh, massage I've ever had in my life. Any sort of professional massage, that's the only kind I've had is like a, a foot and leg massage. Really? My wife, when she was pregnant with uh, our first, uh, with our firstborn, uh, we had couples massage. It's like Woodhouse Day Spa, I think, something like that. Uh, and- uh, and I didn't want the traditional, like shoulder. I wanted like like my feet. Like I, I was standing on my feet a lot. I think I was working like uh, in logistics at the time, part time radio, full time, and in this giant warehouse. So uh, as I was on my feet a lot, and I was like, yeah, man, let's see what that feels like. And I fell asleep, dead asleep. Would you get it, it was, again? Oh yeah, awesome. I mean, it's been it's been a decade, uh, but that's the only type of professional uh, rub down that I. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't got the Robert Kraft treatment. <laughs> you haven't gone into a back alley and just tipped them 20 bucks in cash no, and said, you know what daddy likes? No, my bar hopping days are over. <laughs> it doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> uh, Mondo, can I get a little mood music on a Friday? So let's go down a little bit of a rabbit hole here, Nige. In 2014... That was the last year that the Colts won a football game in Jacksonville. That's an unbelievable stat. The number one song in America was All About That Bass by Megan Trainer. Okay. 43 years ago, I was uh, one year old, getting ready to turn two. The number one song in America was not The Devil Went Down to Georgia because it only peaked at number three. So on this date, 43 years ago today, this was the peak of the devil went down to Georgia. I would have bet the farm and the mortgage that that topped the charts. Because that was a monster for Charlie Daniels, right? It was featured in movies, and there's line dances to it and everything. I would have thought for sure it would have been number one. Nope. So, Nigel, being the resident Nickelback fan that you are. And <laughs> yeah, I'm, we just came in with Nickel. That was, um, what did we come in with there? What was the name of that? that never was, uh, yeah, again. Yeah, never again. That's off their first one of their first albums. Still and up. For those who are new, I'm not saying this to be like you know wacky or tongue in cheek. You legitimately defend Nickelback sure. to all the haters. You've been to concerts. They rock. 
They put on a good show. I wish they were. Uh, there's a lot of hip hop in Indy tonight. <laughs> but I'd like to go see some Nickelback if I don't say so myself. <laughs> so, you know the original devil went down to Georgia. Yes. Where are you, Mr. Nickelback, okay. with their version of the devil went down to Georgia? Well, the devil bowed his head because he knew that he'd been beat. And he laid that gold guitar down on the ground at Johnny's feet. Johnny said, Devil, just come on back if you ever want to try again. This is Nickelback. I told you once, you son of a I'm the best that's ever been. Yeah. Oh, we've got White Man Overbite. We have reached, we've reached White Man Overbite in the studio. I like the riff. I like the, the rhythm guitar. I don't know if I... No. No, no, no. You got to have a fiddle in there. I don't know. If you're covering, if you're covering Charlie Daniels, man. I mean, right. I like I like that heavy riff in the background, that that rhythm guitar. But I, you gotta have the you gotta have the fiddle. Right, you can still rock it out, but yeah. you're gonna have to put the fiddle in there. If you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band. And if you're gonna cover <laughs> the Devil Went Down to Georgia, the same rules apply. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. And we're back. The Hammer and Nigel Show, ninety three WIPC. Is this the concert you're going to tonight, Nigel? I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to the. All right, Nigel. Who, who, is who is this? Is this Suicide Boys, Black Bear, or Kevin Gates? Oh, it's Kevin Gates. You are correct. Kevin Gates. Nice. Is at, uh, Kevin Gates is downtown at White River, and then Black Bear is at Old National, and then the Suicide Boys are at Ruoff. Uh, and up until today, I'd never heard of either, ah. all three. <laughs> but I, I'm a big fan of hip hop, though. You kids in the rap. Uh, yesterday we were talking about uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. He's still he's still Mayor Pete to me, right? Now, even though he wants to move past South Bend and pretend like it never happened, you know he moved. Well, if Indiana. I were him, I'd want to pretend he's, that never happened too. You know, he lives in Michigan now, and how people are kind of whispering his name for 2024 if Joe Biden doesn't run, which is ridiculous. He doesn't have any accomplishments. He but he's likable uh, though. You man. know, he he won in Iowa. Uh, wait a minute, he wrote a sternly worded letter to the airlines. As Treasury Secretary. You laugh, but look who won. You can laugh at Pete Buttigieg, but look who's in the White House right now. Shakes the Clown yeah, is in but there. I, I, I know, but he, he has a history. He's, he worked under Obama. He has a huge name. He's been in the job. He's been in Washington for decades. He Mayor Pete couldn't even fix the potholes in South Bend. <laughs> Sound familiar? One um, guy can't walk upstairs, and he's the commander-in-chief, though. <laughs> Like, I know it's ridiculous, yeah. and I think both of these guys are total zeros here, but I don't think you can discount Pete because at least he's likable. I think he's more likable uh, than Kamala Harris is. I think you can discount Pete if Joe Biden, A, does not run, and B, Kamala Harris uh, decides to run for president in 2024. I know I know this is I, – I, I like talking about this stuff. I think it's fun. I think it's, I think it's fun talking about uh, the, the midterms coming up and discussing certain possibilities of outcomes in Pennsylvania and – uh, Georgia and um, even uh, I guess there's really nothing here in Indiana. Oh, hold on, I just yes. got a text. Yes. I got a text. I hate oh. to interrupt you. Oh, okay. Uh, this is from my friend Matt. Why are you talking about Pete Buttigieg when you haven't played his theme oh, music yet? Oh, that's right. Let's Buddha, do it. Buddha, Buddha, Judge, rocking everywhere. Buddha, 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 Judge, rocking everywhere. Buddha, 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 Judge, rocking everywhere. Buddha, 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 Judge, rocking everywhere. So now we're taking requests on the Hammer and Nigel show. 
Now, my only point about running, you, you can't you can't run against Kamala Harris if you're Pete Buttigieg. That would no. be that would be disaster. You're a it's white all, man. It's it, but see, here's the thing though, she's uh, she's a woman of color. Gender uh, and race play a factor, uh, but he is a white man, but he is also gay. Oh. So I wonder if um, you know they cancel each other out. Right, like you can't play the rich, entitled, elite, white privilege card if you're also gay, though, right? And right, I need some right? sort of you know? like key, like back when we were kids and yeah, you'd study you study maps. There was a key or a legend that would tell you what's going on. You'd be able to play it with uh, Gavin Newsom, Tusom. Right. Uh, you'd be able to play that that card. He's rich, entitled, got a big winery, you know. Uh, um, but with Pete Buttigieg, you're not allowed to criticize him because he's gay. Right. And honestly, it feels like that could erase all of his shortcomings. Well, he wasn't that good of a mayor in South Bend. Yeah. Uh, there's questions about what he used to do at the Kinsey Institute. Uh, right now, our travel industry seems to be at an all-time low. We just barely avoided a railroad strike. Airlines are out of control. There's not enough workers. The prices are sky high, but he's gay. So, well, he is a transportation secretary, and he did get uh, he accomplished what he set out to do when running for president in 2020. And that's all he wanted. He knew he didn't have a shot. He almost won in New Hampshire, won Iowa, but uh, you know, eventually he just wanted in the cabinet. He wanted an invite to the party. Right. That's what he got to advance his career. Sure. Right. So Mayor Pete, and that's what we call him, uh, appeared on CNBC. And normally, when you appear on one of the BCs, whether it's NBC, CNBC, mm-hmm. MSNBC, <laughs> it's usually friendly fire. Uh, but he was kind of grilled on that tone-deaf White House celebration they had the same day that the economy numbers came out and showed inflation high, food at a 40-year high, everything more expensive. Uh, take a listen to the question and then the very thought-out and amazing response by Pete Buttigieg. We're all, you know, worrying about inflation, and we got some data points this week um, that were a little bit shocking. And there's a lot of discussion about that ceremony uh, on Tuesday. And while you were listening and, and watching what was going on, was it clear to you at the time that that was a mistake? That to be shop, uh, you know, popping champagne corks about conquering inflation. <laughs> on a day when the stock market at that very moment was down almost 1,300 points, over 1,200 points, after another really horrific inflation report. Did you say to yourself at that time, what are we doing? This this looks really bad. No. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Nothing to see here. No. Thank you for joining us, Pete Buttigieg. Next question. Next question. <laughs> next question. Who is he, Drew Rosenhaus? Next question. No, next question. No, next question. No, the optics uh, of that t- this week were incredibly horrific. Just awful. Uh, inflation's up. I mean, the food prices alone, that thing, I mean, up 10, what is it, 10, 12 percent since last year that's people are playing paying 10 to 12 percent more for food than they were last year and like that guy said there on the squawk box cnbc you're popping corks (laughs) (laughs) that was bad optics you think that was bad no next question no all right thank you very much uh mega (laughs) mondo tkw the kyle wells hit me with that vaccine stuff pharmacies antibodies side effects vaccine stuff 
So, Nige, did you see the Marine Corps has rescinded penalties for service members that uh, were seeking the COVID-vax religious accommodations? Yeah, it's starting to crumble. It really is. I mean, now, so there's still some sort of mandate for the military, but they weren't even looking at religious exemptions. Now they're starting to look at those and accept those as as uh, a reason not to get uh, the COVID vaccine. I, I think... What you'll see here, I mean, look at look what's that, what's happening around the world. Who was it? Was it Denmark yesterday? That yes. We, they, they had they're not even allowing people under fifty in Denmark to get a COVID vaccine anymore. It's not being made available for people under fifty unless you have uh, severe underlying conditions, because they know that this this disease or whatever you want to call it, this cold, this this coronavirus, is uh, is not that lethal to most people. And I don't know, the risk benefits for something that this new booster shot that hasn't been tested thoroughly, uh, they're just putting it out there uh, without any sort of, you know, human testing. I think they tested like eight mice <laughs> on this thing. Like it, it's, it's, it, it's, I think we're slowly but surely finally seeing people and even the administration say, all right, we need to, we're losing some good people here. And people that have lost their jobs because of vaccine mandates, now that we know that it can't stop transmission and it can't stop infection, they either need to be rehired, they need an apology, or they need back pay retroactively for people, especially the frontline workers, the healthcare workers that worked amidst the coronavirus for a year before there was even any sort of vaccine. And I'm glad you bring that up because there's a piece of audio I've been meaning to play for you. We just, it's been a crazy week with a lot of things going on, but this definitely warrants our time. So Brendan Fogarty, he's a former New York City firefighter captain. I heard this. Captain. uh, He said his 20-year career ended after his religious exemption from COVID vaccine was denied. Take a listen to what he had to say to the city council this is an amazing address. I served for 20 years, and uh, I went from being essential to being disposable from the mandates. And uh, my religious exemption was denied, and I received those threats of termination, and I retired. I would love to go back to my job. I gave my best years to this city, 20 years, from 21 to 41, and then they take it away at the peak of my earning career. I made it to captain. I went through that process. You should be ashamed of yourselves. I was allowed to work in this city, but I wasn't allowed to eat in a restaurant in this city. Thank you very much. I was allowed to work through the pandemic, but I wasn't allowed to eat in a restaurant. I could wear the uniform, go to a burning building, but not eat here thank you what's wrong much. with you people trust the science thank you guys you, are f-ed up thank you. <laughs> and listen to that okay thank you thank you all right that's enough thank you thank you shut up and let that man speak he's earned every right to take his the time very least it's a very okay thank you okay that's enough thank you and that big rousing round of applause behind him yeah that's awesome it's the hammer and nigel show and we're back the Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIPC. My 
name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. That uh, the band you're listening to right now, the song uh, I Write Sins Not Tragedies from the band Panic at the Disco. There was uh, some added panic to a Panic at the Disco concert in Minnesota this week. A fire broke out on stage during the show. Listen to this. This is a fan that was uh, shooting video at the time. First, it was kind of concerning, and then... The, then everybody sort of celebrated when they uh, used extinguishers to put it out on stage. Fire! Fire! The fire! Fire! He doesn't know. Fire! Fire! Oh man! And they put it out. It was, it was part of the pyrotechnics uh, there, and then and then the band went on, and they didn't have to cancel the show. Brendan is the the kind of the lead singer songwriter for Panic at the Disco, just kind of danced around until it was under control. But I mean, that fire at a concert—if you're indoors, man—that's a serious thing. Now, this was—it looked like they were at a, a larger venue, but you remember the band Great White? Oh yeah, loved Great White back in the day. '80s band, hair 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 band. Once hair bitten, twice shy. Yeah, exactly, man. Oh three, uh, they had a huge fire in Rhode Island. At their concert, killed hundred people, including their guitarist. If you remember that, so right. it's, it's a big deal, especially the smaller the venue is. And again, pyrotechnics uh, were, were involved with that fire. But yeah, that that freaked me out a little bit. If I was at a fire in an enclosed space, and it starts on stage, but uh, everything's fine. And um, I just retweeted that video. If you want to check it out, the Panic at the Disco Fire at Hammer and Nigel on Twitter. Always got to look for those exits, man. Whenever you're going Absolutely. out somewhere, yeah. always find an exit and think ahead of time. That's when I go to the Kevin Gates concert tonight. <laughs> um, he, big news at CNN. They've announced a new morning show. They're going to roll out a new morning show sometime in October featuring Poppy Harlow, Caitlin Collins, and Don Lemon. <laughs> Don Lemon already have a gig at night? He's got a primetime show. Not anymore. Now he's going to be doing the morning show on CNN. Now, this new show is going to be replacing the current lineup of with John Berman and Brianna Keeler. <laughs> <laughs> their ratings are a dumpster fire. Yeah, so, they're getting, so they think Don Lemon's the, the, uh, the cure-all for their ratings because his ratings are so good at night. We're going to put them on in the morning. And, and Caitlin it, Collins is the reporter that usually covers the White House. I don't know if she's going to continue doing that, but they're slapping her on this horrible, horrible morning <laughs> show. And, you know, this is going to continue being in third place. You're not going to yeah. beat Morning Joe. You're certainly not going to beat Fox and Friends. Is it a demotion for Don Lemon? Or is it, I mean, what do you think? I mean, well, I one mean, primetime spot for another? They're both primetime spots. just depends on where you think you see the best fit. I mean, In cable news, though, I don't know if they view mornings as a primetime spot. In radio, absolutely. But in cable news on television, I don't know. Here's Don Lemon talking about it. I was presented with an opportunity that I can't pass up at this network, and we have a new boss who um, is a morning show impresario, and he wants a morning show that will kick off the editorial direction of the network every single day. And I am honored that he asked me to do it. And for all of those who are out there saying, oh, he moved me and without my, he asked me and I said yes. I could have said no, this is my show. 
I have a contract for this show. Wrong. I decided that I would take him up on that and Wrong. take this journey with him. So this is not someone moving me. And by the way, this is not someone saying, you must move to the right, Don Lemon. You must not be so, um, give so much of your perspective. None of that has happened. All of that is fodder for Twitter, which is not real. So stop it. I was not demoted. Uh, yeah, well, if you have to tell people you weren't demoted, then I got news for you. You, you were, were demoted. demoted. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! Yeah, the uh, 50 illegal immigrants that uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis flew into Martha's Vineyard and dropped them off got booted out this morning. So that was quick. Did you say 1,500, Nigel? 5050. Oh, just 50. It was a humanitarian crisis. And they melted down over 50. You know, not only that, I mean, the typical Democrat response was to call DeSantis racist. These are racist policies. These are inhumane policies. These people are in here. They they hit the lottery. Are you kidding me? They got to come to this country illegally, cross the border, then flown to one of the nicest areas in the world. Right. And now they're being taken care of. They got bussed out of there for, they, they went to a nearby, I think, uh, military base. Now, I'm not saying it's the, the conditions are the best, but whatever they're living in now is, 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 you know, a hundred times better than what they came from. So go back a month ago. And if you were to ask one of these folks, all right, you're going to wake up in Venezuela and a month from now, you're going to be at Martha's Vineyard in the United States. Do you take this deal? Yes. The answer is yes. Ten out of ten uh, out of that asshole country. Um, and and by the way, I don't blame I don't blame these people for coming here. It's the Joe Biden policies that uh, actively uh, recruit. I mean, they need donors. They need voters. They their policies are to get as many people from other countries in here uh, to vote for them as possible and to make a pathway to citizenship. I don't blame them at all. And, and find I, a way to make sure they get ballots. It doesn't matter yep. if they're here legally or if they have a driver's license or not. And if you question sure. about why they don't have a driver's license, then you're a racist, the, Nigel. Here's the, here's the thing that I'm thinking. And the same thing happened in uh, uh, Texas. Governor Abbott dropped a bu- had the same thing. They bust a bunch of uh, immigrants to Kamala Harris's residence. Uh, <laughs> the VP. I think they're, I mean, really a missed opportunity in Martha's Vineyard. Everything I saw out of Martha's Vineyard was people complaining and whining and saying, oh, we can't do this. We can't accept these people, even though there's, you know, inclusion and equity signs hanging up everywhere in Martha's Vineyard. We we accept all, all are welcome here. But then you have uh, the mayor or whatever, or or whoever runs the Martha's Vineyard saying, we can't have these people here. We got to get them out of here. What an incredibly missed up. Like if Kamala Harris would have come outside her residence and set up tents and set up facilities and, and brought in porta potties and, and ordered 500 pizzas and, and said, you know what? I don't like what Governor Abbott did. I think it's unfair, but I'm going to take care of these people until we can get them to where they need to be. I didn't see hide nor tail of Kamala Harris. I didn't see anything like that in Martha's Vineyard. All I saw was a bunch of whining and complaining and name calling. For 50 people. 50. 50 people. I'm sure there were volunteers at Martha's Vineyard. I think there were, but I didn't see anybody. I didn't see any millionaires, uh, you know, offering up their homes to anybody that wanted to stay here. You know, you read the LA Daily News, and and they made sure to protect the people of Martha's Vineyard. And here's how: they volunteered. The immigrants volunteered to get on a bus to a mil- nearby military base. Yeah. I want to be very clear. Let's be crystal. Those people in Martha's Vineyard wanted them, the illegal immigrants, out of there. 
in any, in any way possible. They wanted him out of there. And this goes both ways, too. Those people volunteered to get on the bus to go to D.C. Those people volunteered to get on the plane to go to Martha's Vineyard. Nobody had a gun to their head and said, get on the damn plane. But just think of the optics of Kamala Harris going out there and walking amongst those people and saying, you're welcome here at my place. Because that's that's the criticism everybody on our side makes, right? Oh, yeah, you're all virtue signaling. You all love the open border concept, but you don't want them at your place, do you? What if she would have just went out there? I mean, the pure optics alone. I mean, she, she doesn't care about these people. No, nobody cares about these people. But she would have done it for the politics, of, just for the sheer politics of it and the optics of it. You should have gone out there. You should. I don't know what her estate looks like. I don't know where this place is that they dropped him off, where her residence is or whatever. But set up tents. Spend your own money to buy them food. Uh, she could you have know, you could elevated have herself. Absolutely. It's a missed opportunity, even though it would have been purely political. What are these? I mean, what are they thinking? It's, it's missed. That. And the same with Martha's Vineyard. They just re- immediately result, resorted to name calling, uh, racist policies, and uh, we don't have room for these people. I mean, any, anybody else would have been called a racist for saying things that that person said. I, it, was it the mayor, the town councilwoman, or somebody with that, that blonde, curly haired woman from yesterday? We played the audio. Anybody else would have been labeled as a racist for what she said. Right. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. And it's not just Martha's Vineyard. Lori Lightfoot of Chicago. Uh, yeah. Miss, we're a sanctuary city. The minute she got called on her bluff, the minute some of these migrants alive, she loaded them up in a bus and took them to a suburb out of Chicago. Like, this is the thing. If you're going to call yourself a sanctuary city, if you're going to virtue signal and say, we're better, we welcome everybody, we're inclusive, then you don't get to put them on a bus 24 hours later (laughs) and say, it has to be somebody else's problem. It doesn't work that way. Um, This is Corrine Jean-Pierre. White House press secretary talking about what's going on at the border and... Again, I don't really know who this reporter is, but the reporter asked a very interesting question. On the situation along the border, uh, crossings are up. Drownings along the border are increasing. We've been to one town recently where the morgue is overwhelmed by, by migrant deaths. Are you confident and do you feel that the situation at the border is under control? Are you doing enough? So what we have... Um what we have been doing is is doing the work that wasn't done by the last administration. Uh, we are fixing a broken system. Fixing a broken system? Look at the numbers of border crossers when Donald Trump was president compared to what's happening now. She what are you talking about? She doesn't about? have any answer for that. She doesn't give any examples of what she's talking about. She doesn't give any specifics of what she's talking about. And the numbers don't lie. And she's bad at her job. She probably doesn't know what she's talking about. She was given her job because she checked off a number of boxes, but Corrine Jean-Pierre is bad at her job. Here's another example. They should ask Texas Governor Ted Cruz and Florida Senators Marco Rubio and Rick Scott. Oh, Texas Governor Ted Cruz. He's not the governor, (laughs) Corrine Jean-Pierre. He's a senator. Sweet mother of God. This is like... 
the easiest stuff. But you're Ron Burgundy, and you read it right off your notes. You read it right off the prompter that somebody else probably wrote for you because you don't know what you're doing. Again, I will never agree with the things that Jen Psaki had to say. We agree on politics pretty much about everything. But she was good at her job. She went out there and polished a turd the best way, and at least her arguments made sense for the administration. Corinne Jean-Pierre butchers a lot of stuff. It's embarrassingly bad. So with all of this stuff going on, with the migrants going to D.C., the migrants going to Martha's Vineyard, ladies and gentlemen, Tucker Carlson. People who make and advocate for certain policies should at some point have to live with those policies. But until now, they haven't had to. Bill Gates goes to Martha's Vineyard. So does Oprah, James Taylor, Spike Lee, Amy Schumer, and many more. And all of them, everyone is a much better person than you are because they support diversity. And now, for the first time, they're going to have some diversity. But it's just the beginning. Martha's Vineyard will need many, many more illegal aliens, tens of thousands more until the island is no longer majority white. Only then can it be a good place. Yet at the same time, the people who currently go to Martha's Vineyard are going to have to keep going there. They can't run away to somewhere else. That would be immoral. It would be, as Michelle Obama has told us, white flight. So that's Tucker Carlson last night. Uh, a little tongue-in-cheek, a little smart-ass, smart, snarky response to the Democrats using their own verbiage. But you know what? It goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of the segment. What a missed opportunity. If, if you want to get purely political and you're concerned about optics, why wasn't Michelle Obama and Barack Obama opening their home to those people? Why wasn't Oprah or Bill Gates said, hey, you could use my place? Nobody said that. Doesn't Spike Lee those, have a joint there? I have no clue. I, I don't know. But, you know, billionaires live on Martha's Vineyard with, with room for a thousand people. And nobody stepped forward. Uh, VP Kamala Harris could have done the same thing. And instead, they resort to name calling and labeling. They're all hypocrites, every one of them, from Lori Lightfoot to Kamala Harris to the Obamas. They had the opportunity to look like the champions of all things good, and instead they looked like the McCloskeys outside of St. Louis with their guns pointed at the people that broke into the neighborhood. Matt Bear has a look at the roads. Emma and Nigel presents Is It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I'll run some stories by you. You'll break down those stories and you will tell all of us if the story in question is anything or not. Okay. This is a story that's been out there for a couple of days, but I just love it so much. I want an update on it. Okay. The Chick-fil-A employee from Florida who went viral yeah. after beating the crap out of some dude who tried to carjack uh, this chick who was holding a baby. I love the story. I love the video. After the Chick-fil-A employee tackled this guy, he held him down until the police arrived, a female bystander with her own baby, scolded the man for trying to rob somebody with a baby. There's a lot going on here. She had a baby in her hands! How dare you! How dare you scare her like that? Yeah, that's awesome. The guy beat the crap out of uh, the would-be carjacker. I think he had a stick. He had some sort of wooden, st- like a, a weapon. It wasn't a gun, but it was a 
I guess it was bigger than a stick, like a branch or maybe a, I, I don't know what it was, but it would have been awesome if the Chick-fil-A employee would have grabbed the stick from the carjacker and started beating himself with it. Like uh, I'm beating. down for it. I'm here for yeah, it. Yeah, and that's what you can count on at Chick-fil-A. They don't mess around at Chick-fil-A. They get you in and out of the drive-thru. I could. I swear to God, I pulled into Chick-fil-A and I'm like, Lindsay, let's go. No, this, this line's a mile long. Five minutes later, boom, we are good. <laughs> we are in. We placed our order. We've got our food. We are out of there. They got a down pat and they even apparently have some sort of policy for carjackers in my <laughs> you mind to, you try to carjack somebody in chick-fil-a parking lot I, that's the wrong place to do it <laughs> in my mind this guy beat the hell out of this dude stood over his bloody body and said it's been my privilege <laughs> it's been my pleasure god bless you thank you for coming to chick-fil-a <laughs> so good for this guy i love it uh by the way do you mind if i do this here real quick i'm oh, sorry is that, is that a problem? No, no, not at all, because if you look in my hand that oh, I started no, already. Oh, so. Sorry about that. Um, is this anything? A Chicago woman claims that she was punched in the face by a random lady over a dispute about a parking spot. Oh, in Chicago, no way. Here she is telling her side of the story. I pulled over and put my hazards on right outside of my building because I put my laundry by the door. I was away from my car for 30 seconds, and when I came back, there was a woman, and she was saying that I can't park there, and she got in my face, like, you need to move, and I was like, okay, and I was trying to explain to her that I was just going to leave. I spit a little bit, like, I was talking. I don't know oh. if you guys have ever done that, but, like, you're talking, and she yeah. was like, you spit on me, and she just open hand punched me right here, like, palm to the cheekbone. Uh... Yeah, I mean, that's something. That's the climate we're in right now. I mean, if I guess if you think you got spit on, it's one thing. But it sounds like this this lady that had double parked or wasn't allowed to park there was just in and out getting her laundry or something like that. And then, I mean, we've all done that, right? It's been the most embarrassing thing when you're t casually chatting with somebody and you accidentally spit on them. <laughs> like a little bit of spittle comes out. And you and see it, it flying. And, you know, it's almost like slow motion. It's happened to me a hundred times. Especially if you're talking to somebody like of of importance, like maybe your boss or somebody like that, and that happens. I mean, we've all had. Kyle, you've spit on people, right, Armando? Oh, I do it all the time. I mean, you're a, a semi-professional wrestler. I sweat um, on people too. You bleed on people. I bleed on people as well. Sometimes you even sure put, put your midsection in their face. Yeah, Rathbone. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but I mean, if, if people just get worked up over the, the dumbest crap and uh, welcome to 2022. Is this anything? A woman took to TikTok claiming that a DoorDash employee left a fat phobic note in her girlfriend's junk food order. <laughs> fat phobic, which I've never heard that term before. Okay. Uh, here she is complaining about the note and... Uh, take a listen to this. My girlfriend, who, by the way, is disabled and has digestive issues, ordered some junk food that she could eat. And you guys sent a message in it that said, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. He, they're saying the DoorDasher put that note in the delivery? Correct. Oh, yeah, that's funny. And by the way, I mean, we live in a society today, a society today that embraces uh, obesity, right? I mean, you can't fat shame somebody anymore. They put you on the cover of 
swimsuit issues at Sports Illustrated. Right. Lizzo's a big, fat woman, yeah, and like I mean, she walks around wearing thongs, and people love it. And <laughs> nobody talks about how that's like a huge risk factor when you're talking about coronavirus is severe obesity, and it's embraced like it's a virtue. Like, I don't know, man. Hammer, if all of a sudden... Like, you went the other way. You lost 50 pounds. Are you down 50? I'm down 49.4. I've like, got 0. 0.6 to go. Like, I've known you, I don't know, how long we we known each other? Like, a decade or so? Too long, for sure. But, like, if you went the other way and you blew up to, like, 500 pounds and you weren't stopping, I, I might pull you aside and say, hey. Oh, shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I can't top that. Let's go. I can't do it. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. And we're back. The Hammer and Nigel Show. 93 WIPC. Crime. Punishment. Judges. Legal stuff. Breaking the law. Did we have we found out the Supreme Court leaker? Like, what's the update with uh, whoever leaked out the the draft opinion of Roe v. Wade earlier this year before it was officially be uh, you know was ready to be released? We, obviously, it was done to intimidate uh, Supreme Court justices and, and try to change their mind on Roe v. Wade. That's sure. That's. I mean, we all know that, but who did it is the question. Well, Nigel, we don't know because the feds and the Department of Justice were too busy shaking down the My Pillow guy. They had way too many <laughs> things on their plate to worry about who the leaker was oh, in the Supreme Court. Those those pesky moms and dads that were showing up to school board meetings. Right. All right, labeling them domestic terrorists. The ancillary players that once got Donald Trump a cup of coffee. Yes, these are the people that have warranted our attention. <laughs> okay. But it sounds like we might be possibly getting a little closer to some answers. No way. Supreme Court Justices Kagan and Gorsuch uh, kind of hinting that we could get some information by the end of this month. Really? Kagan made an appearance in New York and said she expects the justices to be updated on the investigation by the end of this month. And uh, before that, Gorsuch mentioned that the leak inquiry um, was ongoing and the investigation um, could come to a conclusion pretty soon. Yeah, whoever did it needs to go to jail um, because it was a clear attempt to uh, intimidate and coerce uh, Supreme Court justices, resulted in violent protests outside their homes, their private residence, uh, resulted in the attempted assassination of Kavanaugh. And um, no question that this person had an agenda, whoever did it. Whoever it is, Republican or Democrat, whoever you are, if you leaked it, then you should face every bit of consequence that comes along with it. Uh, some more legal stuff, and this is the story where people say, I hate lawyers, and sometimes you have to agree with them. There was a teenager who was raped and got revenge and killed the rapist, and now that teenager has to pay $150,000 to the predator's family. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. She was a victim of human trafficking. She killed her rapist, and they have to pay her? The family has to pay the victim? No, no, no. The family of the predator 
is going to get $150,000 from this teenager who was human trafficked and raped. The horrible <laughs> bastard that's no longer with us, the family filed a wrongful death lawsuit and won. A hundred and fifty grand. How do you? How, how does that happen? So, according to the Des Moines uh, newspaper of record here, Piper Lewis, seventeen years old, was sentenced on Tuesday in the June twenty twenty stabbing death of Zachary Brooks, thirty seven years old. Uh, the judge deferred Lewis's potential twenty year sentence. He told her okay, that yeah. he had no choice. But to order, she pay restitution, which is mandatory under the law in Iowa. What now, sort of effed up law says you got to pay six figures to your uh, alleged rapist's family after you kill them and being trafficked for two years. Now, does this make uh, you feel any better or not? Uh, a GoFundMe was set up, and it's already over $200,000. So she's okay. not going to have to pay anything. But still, the family of this rapist that held her against her will, that used her in human trafficking, was ordered by a court to receive $150,000. By the way, she you mentioned the, the, her age, 17. She was 15 when she stabbed this guy to death, when she killed him, when she, when she killed her kidnapper and trafficker. 15, 15 years old. She thought it was the only way she was going to be able to get out of the situation she was in. The only way she was going to be able to escape. This guy deserved to die. And now you've got, yeah, I mean, so your your question is, does it make me feel better that there's a GoFundMe? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have paid a dime either way if I was this girl's family. And uh, I, I, I still, I don't know. I wouldn't. I still wouldn't. You got all this money? I'd, I'd. I'd give it to uh, charities and awareness groups. I would not pay this a-hole and his family a dime. I don't care what it cost me. I don't care what the ramifications were. You do not get a dime. This guy deserved to die. He kidnapped me. He trafficked me, raped me. When and you were was, 15 you know, years old. 15 years old. Yeah, whatever laws in Des Moines, uh, Iowa are just, they're, that's effed. Sorry. Wish I could cuss. This kid is a hero, and I say kid, yeah. 17 now, but was 15 at the time of these horrific... Deserve a medal. Right. Absolutely, 100%. Man, that's an effed up story. So, I take you to this story. More legal stuff. A woman was ordered to pay $9,000 for telling her daughter to punch basketball opponents on the court. Oh, I saw this. California yeah. mom who instructed her daughter to punch opposing players during a game has been ordered to pay $9,000. Garden Grove resident uh, Shanti Hunt, 44 years old, uh, she managed to avoid a possible one-year jail sentence as she appeared in court, but she was ordered to hand over all of the money, a letter of apology to the victim, also to the victim's parents and both schools. This is according to the court documents. It's an awful video. Yeah, this 15-year-old girl who's who's a giant uh, shot like a three-pointer and a, a girl from the opposite team, much smaller than her, kind of tried to block it. They both fell down. Oh, my God, I just watched it again. And so this girl's mom stands up and says, what did she say? What you better the, hit her for that. And she did cold cocked her blindsided her uh, almost kind of throat punched her almost with her, with her complete forearm and so all the, so the woman 
had to pay the woman that said hit her had to pay nine grand and then uh, i don't see anything about any repercussions the the girl that actually did the hitting i mean this is a vicious hit she should never be allowed back to play team sports the mother should never be allowed back in that gym again and the teenage girl that threw the punch happens to be the daughter of former nba player Corey benjamin oh wow that name rings a bell. So there's Played some athleticism like- that runs through the family there a little bit. But, man, this is another reason why people don't want to be referees involved in this kind of stuff. Whether it's ridiculous things that the players are doing, ridiculous requests from the parents. If you've got kids in sports right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a shortage of referees because there are losers like these people, and that's what they are, losers that can't keep their mouth shut, sit there, cheer on your kid. Instead, they're picking fights with the referee. They're chasing the referee to their car after games. I see it all the time, man, and it's ridiculous, and it has to stop. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I think it's awesome. The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. You rock. You, been, you know many Steely Dan songs? This. This is pretty much it. <laughs> well, you know Reeling in the Years. Yeah. The Reeling in the Years. I don't know. I, I probably would know Steely. more songs if you told me what they were, but off the top of my head, I'm not a huge Steely Dan guy. But somebody did a mashup of this song, Do It Again, from Steely Dan, and, and listen to what they mashed it up with. If you could go ahead. <laughs> Motley Crue. Is this looks to kill? <laughs> Keep going. Turn it up, Mondo. Come on. Let's go. It's pretty good. All right, here we go, everybody. Come on. I think Steely Dan, Motley Crue mashup greater than Steely Dan Do It Again by itself. And I think it's greater than the original looks that kill it, too. I think I'd rather listen to that than either one of the original uh, versions of those songs. It's one of those rare mashups that everybody's a winner in this thing. Uh, According to a new survey, just 47% of Americans can name all three branches of government. And keep in mind, these people have the same amount of voting power as you do mm-hmm. only 47 percent can name all three branches of government mega mondo can you name all three branches of the government we've got uh executive legislative and uh judicial i believe that's perfect mm-hmm. see you my friend are possibly more qualified to be a united states house rep than say Oh, I don't know. AOC. We work our butts off to make sure that we take back all three chambers of Congress, uh, rather all three chambers of government, the presidency, the Senate and the House. <laughs> no, no, that's not that's the not the presidency, the Senate. Right answer. In the House. And she is it's just scary how big of a star she is. I mean, I'm not going to I'm going to 
call it like it is. I mean, she's a gigantic name in that party. If she were ugly or fat, would she be as big of a star? <laughs> I'm not answering that Serious question. question. If AOC looked like Joy Behar or that one fat chick from This Is Us, do you think she would be this level of a star? Would she be on the magazine covers? Would she you know, get yeah. the credit for the tax, yeah. the rich dresses, and all this kind of stuff? I don't think she would be. Um, a poll found that there's... 40 things you should do at least once by the time you're 40 years old. Now, I'm 44. Nige, you're 46. Yeah. Mondo, how old are you? 36. 36. 36. So you got four years left. So they broke these down into five different categories. Relationship stuff, career stuff, traveling, living arrangements, and random life events. So, Mondo, I'm going to run some of these by you. Let me know if you can check these off your box or if it's something you're interested in checking off before you turn 40. Fall in love. I am in love. Okay, so that was the number one answer. Check. Have a one-night stand. I've been there, done that. Have your heart broken. I've been there, done that. Get married and have a kid. Haven't done either one of those yet, but that is something I'm interested in. Okay, so that falls in the category of relationship stuff. Nigel, let me turn to you. All right. Career stuff. Did you have these things banged out by the time you were 40? Earn a degree. I don't have a college degree, no. Reach management level. Yes. Get fired. Yes. Start a business. Uh, I mean, we started our podcast kind of the LLC thing, didn't we? I mean, yeah, we did. Count? We had enough money to run on and yeah. have free drinks on. Land your dream job. Yes, of course. Volunteer for something. Yeah, earlier in my, yeah, I've definitely done that. Uh, not recently, but like, yeah, when I was a teenager, I uh, volunteered for a bunch of stuff. And save for retirement. Yes. So those are the yeah, things yeah. in career. Mondo, back to you. This falls in the category of traveling. Again, these are things that you should have accomplished by the time you're 40 years old. Go on a cruise. Never been on a cruise. Have I. Go whale watching. Define <laughs> whale. Because I, I look at you two every day. <laughs> okay, Thank all you. right. I'll be here all night. Oh, that could fall under the one night stand category in my 20s. <laughs> hey, hey, Nigel, heard you went whale watching the other night. <laughs> They're not all tens, kid. <laughs> uh, fly first class at least once. I never have. Nope. I've never done that either. Have I? I've never. Yeah. Flown first class. All right, last one here. We'll skip some random life events. Have a really bad hangover. Been there tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right now. Win at least 10 bucks on a lottery ticket. Yes, that yep. has happened. Oh, yeah. Go skinny dipping. Done that? No, I don't think so. Fight somebody. Done that as well. Never been in a, a fight. Damn, nope. Mondo's not even 40 and he's lived more than you have, Nige. Come on. <laughs> this weekend, that's your assignment. Go get in a fight. All right. It's the Hammer yep. and no Nigel problem. show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. Man, we got a big hour uh, for uh, the 5 o'clock hour here in a Friday edition of the Hammer and Nigel show. Uh, Abdul Akeem Shabazz is a member of our staff. He writes for IndyPolitics.org. He's also an attorney. And he he's coming in about 520 here uh, in just a few minutes. He's filed uh, a lawsuit and is representing somebody that we work with hammer and i don't think i don't think this has been mentioned formally on the air yet um so we will get abdul here a little bit after 5 20 
and we're going to ask him exactly what the lawsuit involves. Legal stuff the, with Abdul. Who the co-worker is. You may or may not know this name if you listen to WIBC, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but Abdul has been hired to represent him, and we'll get all the dirty details coming up at 520. Then at 5.30, Cindy Carrasco running for Marion County Prosecutor. She's a Republican running against Ryan Mears. And one of the things we need to talk about with her right away is this just this awful shooting of the mother dropping off her kids uh, outside the daycare uh, on on the west side on 10th Street this morning. Uh, this one, uh, this one's bad, man. This just north just, of just... Hallville neighborhood. So if you're familiar with that uh, southwest side kind of area, uh, Hallville, just north of there, around 7:30 in the morning, IMPD officers were called to a shooting, and somebody approached this woman. And shot her as she walked out of a uh, mm. church child care center on West 10th Street. And from what I gather, a lot of people were there to witness it. Um, I don't know if children were there to witness it, but unfortunately, if it's around a bus stop type of area, child care yeah. area, probably so. I was watching um, our news gathering partners, Wish TV, this morning as this news broke. And I just, that one, that one hit me different for some reason. I mean, I know. I mean, obviously, this is a mother. This is someone that's dropping her kids off at daycare. There's obviously uh, the, now the victims' families in grief and pain uh, left in the wake here of this awful, unimaginable crime in front of a daycare center, for God's sake. And I just, I'm, I'm left wondering what is going on in our city. A daycare that was ran by a church, yeah. mind you. <laughs> like, there are no morals. There are no virtue of anybody in this city right now. I shouldn't say anybody, but very few, it feels like. It can be deflating when you hear story yeah. after story yeah. of this. You know, the guy the other day we talked about that had beat his girlfriend with a hammer, that got a slap on the wrist, got back out, and then finished the job. He killed her, shot and killed her. The Plainfield shooter. This was a guy that was charged with murder back in 2014, gets the GPS bracelet, little slap on the wrist, plea bargains down, gets back out on the street, and now he's wanted for a double homicide in Plainfield. These are the stories that we'll bring up to Cindy Carrasco when she calls into our program coming up a little bit after 5.30. Until then, Big Nige, let's shift gears just a little bit. Let's change the conversation. Okay. Let's check in with wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe Biden. I got hairy legs. And I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the guy takes a revealing picture of his naked friend. We've all been there. You take a revealing picture of your naked friend. I'm not stupid. Guy takes a revealing picture of his naked friend. Economic intercourse. Does he think like everybody lives the hunter lifestyle? Like yeah, everybody no just kidding. walks around with tons of nudes on their phone of their naked friends? Wait, and... wait, wait. You don't? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, we've got some independent polling numbers that are out. Uh, the group that did this prides themselves on being an independent group. So sometimes mm. when you hear like the Trafalgar group, they lean a little bit more Conservative. When you hear about some of these other polls that come out, uh, 538, places like that, they lean a little bit more liberal. Sure. The independent poll shows that uh, Joe Biden has hit his lowest approval yet with independent voters. 
25% say they approve the job that President Brandon's been doing so far, Nige. Let's meet the 25% that actually approve. <laughs> right. Who are these people? Who are you lunatics? The people that were swimming in student <laughs> debt, apparently. That's um, it. That's, that's a good one. 9% say the country is heading in the right direction. Just 9%. 74% say the country is going down the wrong mm-hmm. track. And again, these are folks that are registered independent voters. They were also asked about the biggest issues that matter. Oh, let me guess. Um, Roe v. Wade, number one, right? That's right at the top. Roe v. Wade, abortion. It is not number one. What? It is how, not number one. How can you t- how can you tell me this? It is not number two. It's not even number three, Nige. Hey, what are the uh, top issues? The economy to comes in at number one, thirty percent. Of course, and it's the runaway number one choice. Crime and immigration both come in at eight percent, tied for second. Especially in light of what we're seeing right now with the bus and the plane and <laughs> Martha's Vineyard oh, and yeah. all this talk about immigration. Uh, that comes in at number three. Abortion, Roe versus Wade, comes in fourth at 7%. But again, even crime and immigration, along with abortion, 8%, 8%, 7 it's nowhere near yeah. the economy. Not even close. I mean, you can add up all this stuff, and it doesn't even come close to what the number one concern is in this country, and it's the economy. Now, since we're talking about Joe Biden, never thought we would say this, but CNN was kind of ripping on Joe Biden for still forcing masks on third graders, fourth graders, uh, five-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the story a, a week or two ago. Sure, the um, the federally funded Head Start program, right? Right. These are yeah. places that get federal dollars, so they have to go by the federal guidelines set by the Biden administration. Here is resident quack Sanjay Gupta. <laughs> if you look at the community level there, you'll see there's different areas that are high versus medium versus low. Philadelphia is actually medium, so they shouldn't have uh, indoor masking requirements. There is a federal requirement, though, for Head Start programs specifically. Children in that age range, three, four, five-year-olds, Head Start programs specifically, that they are continuing to wear masks. That's a federal requirement. So Sanjay Gupta lays out what's going on, and then off the top rope, Jake Tapper. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. There's a vaccine there. If you want to require the vaccine, require the vaccine. But the masking is damaging psychologically, emotionally, and educationally for these kids. I don't require a vaccine. No, there's no need to require a vaccine. There's no need for masks, no matter what the community spread happens to be currently in the the city or town you live in. Imagine being somebody Especially in the Biden administration and you turn on CNN <laughs> and now you got Jake Tapper giving you crap. What the hell? I thought we were cool. The, the, the universe is a cruel, uncaring void. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. The key to being happy isn't a search for meaning. It's to just keep yourself busy with unimportant nonsense. On 93 WIPC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Abdul Hakeem Shabazz, attorney at law, writer for IndiePolitics.org, and guest host here on 93 WIBC. Abdul, how are you? Doing good, my friend. Everything's going well. Can't I, complain. I want to get to this lawsuit you're involved with. You're representing a member of our staff. <laughs> I want to get to that here in just a few minutes. This is probably first time. This is the first time we publicly talked about it 
on the air, and I definitely want to get to that. You're representing Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey Show, and I want to ask you about that. But first, let's start nationwide, some of the the stuff that's making national news. Uh, Lindsey Graham, Senator Graham from South Carolina, comes out this week. In fact, the day that the inflation numbers came out, and they were even worse than what the administration was expecting. Lindsey Graham says, oh, hey, by the way, we want to do a federal abortion ban. Talk about the timing of that. He's getting criticized by both Democrats and Republicans. You're a political animal. You know a lot about this stuff. Was he right or wrong to do that in terms of timing? As far as timing goes, I think his timing is as good as custard's. To be, oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> to be, okay. To be, so that answers that <laughs> question. To be honest with you, uh, because uh, the, the narrative was on inflation, was on like you know gas and groceries, as a colleague of mine says, we do the Sunday morning talking head shows together. And then Lindsey Graham comes along and then totally wipes out that narrative, which to me makes no sense. Now, I see, I, I technically see what he's trying to do, which is, hey, we think we're in trouble. We need to show up our base. We need to have a, a federal ban on abortion after 15 weeks, uh, even though you said before that this should be a matter set about, decided by exactly. the states. Exactly. It's something else I was confused about. I thought the yes. GOP was like, no, nah, this is a states thing. It's a states matter. So just kind of kind of make up your mind there. Uh, it didn't help because you had Mitch McConnell like, no, it's a, it's a state issue. Yeah, yeah. Now, once again, it sort of it puts that issue back on the forefront because you got Democrats yeah. saying, it's "Like, see, look, they told you they want to ban abortion. It gets the gets their base all worked up, <clears throat> and those moderate independents uh, all worked up as well." So, uh, what was going through Lindsey Graham's head? I I'm not sure, but it, it wasn't it wasn't the electricity that's used to run the synapses in your brain. <laughs> no. And again, the timing of it. This was the day that the White House put out a tweet: "We're going to have a celebration for the Inflation Reduction Act." And then the numbers came out, and the inflation was high. The numbers were awful. They still had the party. The stock market tanked that day. Stock market tanked. They still had the party. That was going to be the top story on every primetime news outlet show. But then Graham Nasty comes up there and says he wants to do a federal abortion bill. Next thing you know, you've sucked all the momentum out of what you're trying to accomplish here. Like, was that just him on his own? Was somebody advising him? Because if that's the case, somebody needs to be fired. I think it was probably he was probably thinking about it. Then one of his advisors said, "Yeah, you should do this because it'll it'll help us out. It'll help us with our base, and it'll it'll motivate people to come out to the polls." Uh, they could have waited 24 hours to do that, or, or 48 hours. 48, or, right? Or 15 weeks, so like the waiting period. So okay, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> but the bill has no chance of passing. It doesn't make any sense. So, it, so his well, a lot of times, a lot of times, lawmakers will introduce yeah, bills that yes. they have no shot. But basically, what they're trying to do is either a get a headline, or b tell their constituents like, "Look, I told you I'd fight for this. Introduce a bill, didn't go anywhere. But this way, you got to give us control of the the government. Then we can get it done." Blah 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 blah. So we're a little bit over fifty days away from midterms. Around fifty five days away from the midterms. We were talking off the air in terms of the key races around the nation. Which ones do you have your eye on, and can we look? into a crystal ball here what are we looking at i'm looking at uh the races national look at the race in pennsylvania uh ohio uh michigan and actually wisconsin uh, ron johnson versus uh mandela jones because that's going to be an interesting race uh and also georgia because the polls are really close in a lot of those places uh Did i think you say georgia yeah is that what he said yeah uh between herschel walker yeah. and uh warnock and, and warnock i think i think warnock ekes out a victory in georgia because herschel walker is nice guy bad candidate uh, same thing uh, in Pennsylvania, Muhammad Oz or Muhammad Oz, you know, bad, bad. If you're Dr. Oz and you're saying, listen, Fetterman, I get that you have had a stroke, but 
you're going to have to debate people when you get to Washington, too. So let's have a debate. And Fetterman comes back with, all right, I'll debate you, but it's going to be very close to the election. I get to wear an earpiece, closed <laughs> captioning, and I get a practice round. What kind of crap is that? It's called the crap you get when you're the front runner. <laughs> How is this guy winning, though, Abdul? Like, Fetterman just, I'm concerned that he's not up for this. Like, there's a lot of people you could say, I don't like their politics, and that makes sense. You watch Fetterman speak, and he's clearly missing a little bit here. What's going to happen when he gets to Washington and he's going toe-to-toe with Ted Cruz on some sort of bill on the floor? Uh, probably the same thing that's happening right now. But the thing is, with Fetterman, Fetterman was say he was their lieutenant governor. So he's, got, so he's run statewide before and he's got some name ID, whereas Oz has never run before. He's and, definitely got name ID, though. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's, he's, got, he's got name ID, yes, but he, but Oz also has some issues with the, with the thing at the grocery store. And he's a flawed candidate, and, a and, very and flawed homes. candidate. And, and that's why... I, I chastise my Republican friends for, for nominating these, these quote-unquote MAGA candidates. You, you may like them, but they're not necessarily good candidates. Herschel Walker, who, who said he had a kid, it didn't, it didn't admit he had a kid. You got, you got Oz, uh, Vance, who was anti-MAGA, but he was anti-MAGA before he was MAGA. You, you have flawed candidates. But then you have Democrats propping up these GOP MAGA candidates in the primaries, right? Uh, Democrats spending money to get MAGA Republicans elected in their primary pushing out the moderate republicans uh, what's their strategy there well they they, they probably figure that the mega candidates are, are are worse candidates than the, than yeah. the moderate candidates even though even though the, even though there may be some uh, slight differences on, on the policy perspective for example back home in my home state of illinois in the governor's race uh, you have a guy from downstate illinois uh, and a guy named darren bailey who's a big mega candidate who beat a uh, more moderate uh Mayor from Aurora, Illinois, where Wayne's World is from, you know, party on Wayne, party on guard. <laughs> uh, but, the, but the MAGA candidate won in part because the Democrats said, hey, this guy's nuts. Let's spend a million dollars, have him win the primary, and then we'll kick his butt in the, in, the, in, the, in the general election. Doesn't that really destroy the Democratic narrative about how dangerous MAGA Republicans are? I mean, if, if MAGA Republicans, as Joe Biden said, are some sort of existential threat to democracy— if they're domestic terrorists, if 75 million people are extremists, then why prop up GOP MAGA candidates? It destroys their narrative. Well, it is, but you're, you're attributing a certain amount of political sophistication that doesn't necessarily exist. <laughs> so what I heard was everybody sucks. That's yes. what I heard from you right there, Abdul. Yeah. Abdul Hakim Shabazz with us, IndiePolitics.org. So that's why I like ranked choice voting. I'm a big fan. Get, get rid of primaries. Just give us ranked choice voting. The, the top two vote-getters, they just face each other off in the general election and then be done with it. All right. We've got some legal stuff <laughs> legal to get into. Stuff. You know, whenever you make that sound, I always, I always my butt cheeks start to clench up just a little bit. <laughs> well, well, that's nice to know. <laughs> there's a little situation going on with our colleague Rob Kendall. He was being uh, bashed online by a group, and now there's legal stuff. So take us from the very beginning here, Abdul. Rob can't talk about this because of the advice of his legal counsel, which is you. Yes. So please take us to the beginning. Yeah, I got happened? Rob Kendall to shut up about something. You should congratulate <laughs> me. You should get, you should People across the city are going, how did you do that? You <laughs> super more often. Uh, yeah, uh, once like, uh, in the end of October, uh, end of August, uh, there's this group uh, from in southwest Indiana, the Evansville area called in the Evansville area called themselves Young Conservatives of Southwest Indiana. They're big MAGA people. Uh, one of their one of their uh, 
founders is a, is a mayoral candidate for the mayor of Evansville. He's a perennial candidate, always talks crazy. They obviously don't use spell check either, but that's a whole nother surf for a whole nother time. And so on August 31st, uh, Robin Case wrote something on their Facebook page about Joe Biden and the police officers. And so then the, the young conservatives wrote, you know, Joe Biden hates police. He's also pedo Joe. And they also called Rob pedo Rob. I'm like, do you just call Rob a pedophile? Like, what in the... Whoa. Like, where did that... Where did that come from? Well, they're big fans of Diego Morales, which Rob isn't a big fan, so there's some of that back and forth that's been kind of going on. So they're Morales people. Yeah. Rob is very critical of Morales. Yeah, and so they, they didn't like it, so they called Rob a pedophile. And I'm like... So I sent them a letter like, hey, guys, uh, you can't you can't do this. You need to apologize and, and kind of walk it walk it back. Otherwise, we'll pursue our legal options. And they just said, like, you know what? That's time to double down. So they doubled down on it, uh, said we're, we're, we're protected by the First Amendment and we're a satirical page. Like, no, the First Amendment protects you from the government. It doesn't protect you. The First Amendment has never covered defamation. Right. You can't call and, somebody a pedophile. That's right. like the worst of the worst. Exactly. And and also what it is, it's called defamation per se, which is like the worst form of defamation that you can get because you accuse somebody of a crime with no evidence, no nothing uh, to, to back it up. So so Rob and I we talked about it. I was like, hey, you want to file a lawsuit? He's like, sure. I'm like, So we filed suit in Vandenberg County Court. And this is somebody that is running to be the mayor of Evansville? Yes. Wow. And he's so running what, the Republican primary. What are you looking for here? Da- uh, damages? Uh, punitive and compensatory damages. Uh, we don't know how much they have, but they had... Uh, I, I saw a number, and when I saw the number 50 grand. Is that yeah. right? Okay. That's what you're looking for. I mean, for that was, every that was, <laughs> this has been written uh, in news or news outlets, yeah. but this is the first time we've ever talked about it on the air. Yeah, it was actually it was in a complaint I filed. I asked for fifty thousand dollars in compensatory damages, uh, punitive damages, whatever court, whatever wow. other costs the court the court will find. Also, uh, what uh, their their now their their reply back was the the guy who the guy who, one of the guys we named the lawsuit doesn't really run the page anymore. Another guy runs the page, but we named him in the complaint, too, so we'll see what so happens. So now they're backtracking a little bit. They're getting a little bit scared because you basically said, blank me, blank you. We're going to have some legal stuff here. Now, is this the group that also was ripping on you on social media, Abdul? Yeah, they, call, they said I was an anti-Semitic lawyer or something. Uh, yeah, like. I saw. I said that. I'm yeah. like, oh, like, whatever. Fine. Just get, going back I mean, to the freaking business. Take these people I, yeah. for everything <laughs> that they've got. Holy I mean, crap. I, I think it's just like, hey, you know what? We're, we're all in the talk radio communication business, so spirit of debate. We, we, we have on a regular... regular we have and on a we regular. get called things all the time. Nigel, you're an a-hole. Hammer, you're this, you're that. That's part of the gig. But when you call somebody a pedophile... Yeah. Dude, that's that's going a bit above and beyond. And I don't care if you're a satirical paper or not, they're going to have to answer for that. I say satire is like pornography. I can't define it, but I know it when I see it, and that ain't it. <laughs> that ain't it. Uh, you're off this week because of IU football, right? Uh, IU football this week, uh, but we're back next week. Abdul, thank you. We're going to go from one lawyer to another here. Cindy Carrasco is the Republican running for Marion County Prosecutor, and we'll talk to her. Talk to me. Hey, hey what, what are you doing? Hammer and Nigel on 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the drivehubler.com hotline. Cindy Carrasco is running for the prosecutor here in Marion County. She joins us. Cindy, we've been talking a lot this week about some bad guys, some horrible guys that 
were allowed back out on the streets and did even worse things. We had the story of the guy that viciously beat his girlfriend with a hammer that was basically given a slap on the wrist, got back out, and then killed her. We had Mm. the story from Plainfield, the suspect in the Plainfield fatal shootings, who back in 2014 here in Marion County was charged with murder but plead down to a lesser charge, of course, got out, and now he's the suspect of a double homicide in Plainfield. Um, It's crazy. I just want to get your thoughts on these big, high-profile stories that, unfortunately, we tend to talk about seemingly every week. Guys, thanks for having me on. And, you know, that's exactly right. You've detailed exactly the reason why I'm running for Marion County Prosecutor. Time and time and time again, we see people who are back out on our streets allowed to push the envelope and continue to make um, uh, wreck havoc in our city. Um, You know, I I challenge, I want to challenge your listeners to um, start doing something that I've been starting to do. And that's every time you hear uh, a name of a suspect involved in a crime in our city, I want you to go to my case. And I want you to go in and punch in that person's name. And what you're going to find is more than likely you're going to see that that individual is probably have a long rap sheet of instances where they were committing crimes and we kept putting them out on the streets, out on the streets, and oftentimes through sweetheart plea deals. So wait a minute. What's, what's my case? Somebody might not know what that is. That's a website? It's a website that's put on uh, where you can go in. Any person from the public can go in and look at uh, criminal history for okay. individuals. Really, any case, uh, any court case, any court matter, it's not just criminal history. It's all kinds of things. Now, Cindy, let's talk about the Plainfield shooter for just a second, because his murder charge goes back to 2014, and that predates uh, the Ryan Mears time in office here. So I just want to make that perfectly clear. But as somebody who has lived in Marion County basically his entire adult life, this is something that we see over and over again. It feels like the names change, but the story always stays the same. And now you've got Ryan Mears, your opponent uh, in November, he's putting out fundraising pieces, basically bashing the fraternal order of police, ripping on you, uh, media outlets like this one, because we're just asking for tough laws for violent offenders. I don't think that's asking too much. That's not asking for too much. I mean, you just said it yourself. Look, I've been going around the entire county talking to people of all walks of life. And the discussion that I'm hearing is, Cindy, what's your plan to actually make Indianapolis safe? They hear the stories about what happened in Plainfield. I mean, they read the story that I read this morning about this woman being shot out on the west side, dropping off children. This mm. is the reality of the city that we're living in, folks. Yeah, I, I saw the the story this morning with the mother being gunned down outside the daycare center, and I just, I don't know that one it, that defeat that, that that defeated me, Cindy. You know, and I, I just I can imagine what the victims' uh, families are going through right now, and the kids that may or may not have seen witnessed that firsthand. And I, I'm going to be out and about downtown tonight. My family's spending some time downtown we're gonna go to the indians game and i'll be honest with you i there's part of me that just kind of just 
wants to go home and maybe i should i don't know but i'm definitely going to have my head on a swivel as i think you probably always should when you're out in public but but it just seems like i I hate that feeling that this city my town where i work in where my family lives is is crime ridden right now it seems like this is exactly uh the feeling i have i chose to make this city my home i mean my family lives back in texas i'm devoted to the city i'm committed to the city but it breaks my heart that every time i'm walking downtown i have to look over my shoulder and it's not just downtown it's in any part of the city the east side the west side the south the north side that's the problem you know and just hours Maybe hours, if not an hour after what happened uh, to this mother who was dropping off her kid, um, we hear of yet another shooting incident on 10th in Delaware. I mean, this is this is two. These are two incidents in one morning. And so people sit there and say, well, Cindy, what are you going to do with the violence? And the prosecutor absolutely has the ability to make a change. And these sweetheart plea deals. Uh, that the Marion County Prosecutor's Office is engaging is letting people back out on our streets that shouldn't be out on our streets. And that invites them to continue to push the envelope. If they were able to get away with one thing, well, what can they do more? And that violence continues to escalate. Um, This weekend, we're going to be highlighting another sweetheart uh, plea deal. And, And I invite folks to go on to social media and follow me and check these sweetheart plea deals out um, at cindyforindy.com because it, it's important. Look, there, some of these are lengthy and we try to condense them, but this is the reality of how most of the cases are actually being disposed by the Marion County Prosecutor's Office. And even in those instances where they have the ability to um, agree to incarceration, in the instance you're going to see this weekend, it could have been up to 50 years, and Team Mears decides to give them three years. The guy only serves one and a half years, and then he's out again on suspected uh, murder. This is repeating over and over and over and over. And, folks, I'll tell you, we're in election season, right? And now you're going to be seeing more press releases of of Demir's saying, oh, another bad guy was arrested. Well, I challenge, again, go back and look at the criminal history and figure out how many times, not once, twice, Three more than likely, more than three times, they have the opportunity where we had them and we let him back out. And Cindy, I think one of the things you're going to see from the Mears campaign is they're trying to spin this as you want to lock up everybody. It doesn't matter the crime. Everybody for the rest of their life, lock them up, throw away the key. That's kind of the narrative they want to throw out there. And, yeah. you know, we've talked about this on this show. If you get busted breaking into a home where there's nobody there, if you get hit with a little bit of weed, if you have a DUI, I'm not saying that it's a good thing, but I'm okay if you want to have conversations about lighter sentences. But if you're a violent, habitual offender, if you have beaten someone with a hammer, if you have been charged with murder, there should be no plea deals coming down from that. I'm not even sitting here talking about quibbling about first-time offenders, heck, even second-time offenders. 
I am talking about people who, to your point, have beaten a woman with a hammer, people who have a habitual offense, continue to habitually offend in very violent ways. Why? Why do we continue to let these folks back out on our streets and then wonder why it is that our crime is skyrocketing in our city? Um, It is very simple. I'm starting with these people who have violent repeat offenses, a pattern after pattern after pattern. That's where we need to start. That's my focus. And that's what I intend to um, address on day one of the job. Cindy Carrasco with us. She's running for prosecutor in Marion County. Cindy for Indy.com. That's Cindy with an I. And again, a feature that you do regularly on your social media is the Ryan Mears sweetheart plea deal of the week. Folks, this is how uh, crime is being taken care of in Indianapolis. I just want the people in Marion County to know exactly uh, what's happening. Cindy, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you uh, taking time out of your schedule to join us here. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Man, Nige, after all that serious talk, somewhat depressing news about repeat repeat offenders in Marion County. Are you ready for a beer? Who's not? Let's have a beer. Let's have beer sample Friday next. Right now. Hammer and Nigel present Beer Sample Friday. I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Beers on sale, people. Come down, get you some. And we're brought to you by Thompson Furniture and Mattress down in Columbus. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. The segment of the show where we try beer. Sometimes breweries bring us their beers to sample live on the air. Sometimes bars do, and sometimes listeners do. Super fans, even, right? Friend of the show, David Drake, on Twitter, Drake for America. Yeah, Drake for America, baby. He's a lean, mean, truck-driving machine, <laughs> and he brought us a little something here. What's up, brother? What's going on, you sexy, magnificent beast? <laughs> I, I love how big of a fan. Like, like I, I don't like using the word fan. You're our friend, man. You're our, you're right. our buddy. You show up at every Hammer and Nigel event. You've always been there, and uh, from day one. So, and Drake fact- and I go back a little bit to the casino days too. Oh yeah, and and so for you to drop beer off for we should be dropping you off beer. First of all, you know, so the next round's on us, but Drake dropped us off some beer today. Tell us about what you, tell us about what Hammer and I are about to sample. You are about to sample Singha, which is one of the most popular beers since 1933 in Thailand. Uh, Very popular. Of course, you guys know my wife is originally from Thailand, and you guys have tried Chang beer before on Beer Sample Friday, and this one is Singha. It is uh, very delicious, and it is one of my favorites for sure, and we thought of you guys this past week when we saw it on the shelves, and we just we ha- we were like it just screamed Hammer and Nigel on shelves, so we picked it up and thought we'd give it to you. Singha, is that how you pronounce it? And Singha, your you wife, got it. your wife is originally from Thailand, and yeah, we yep. met her before. Very lovely. And so, do you have a, a beer in your hand right now, or are you working? I do have a Singha. Okay. I actually got off work not too long ago, and I have one in my hand as well. Yes, right on. You're a trucker, right? You're but you're you're back and forth every day. You're home every night, right? Hundred percent. Yes, sir. How, ba- how bad is the truck? How bad do you guys need workers right now in your industry? 
Man, I'm telling you right now, we are short on truck drivers across the U.S. coast to coast, and we could definitely use them. And fun fact for you, there are actually free grants out there to get your CDLA wow. for free. Go to, go to a work one and say you want to get your CDLA, and they will like put you through a couple tests. And uh, in no time at all, you can literally be in a truck driving school without a doubt. And we've talked about this on the show before. The money seems to be really good. Uh, the money you can make just one year, you know, driving a truck seems to be pretty damn solid. Yes, 100. percent I can uh, I can tell you right now. I'm home daily. Uh, granted, I'm you know drive a truck home daily from Indianapolis, Chicago, and back. And I'm gonna be looking to make a little over 80 grand this year. <laughs> he was on. I saw you on Twitter talking about whether you should buy a Tesla or a Dodge Ram. <laughs> I saw that, dude. I saw that, bro. I know what you're up to. So this beer we're getting ready to uh, drink here, Mr. Drake. This is from Thailand. Now, if we drink this, is this gonna make us feel like we've had a crazy night in Bangkok when it's all? <laughs> said and done oh my gosh can you imagine hammer and nigel does bang i'm definitely buying a first class seat on a plane to go see that that'd be great all right well let's do a cheers here to my man drake cheers uh cheers there we go you. take a drink i've never had this before cheers everybody to the weekend mm. oh that's wonderful that oh, is hits wonderful. the spot, man. Sing ha. Thank you so much. Where can people find your? I mean, your Twitter account is what? Drake for America? You got it. All right, brother. Keep He's, on trucking, baby. Keep yeah, on trucking. What you're doing is very important, man. Thank you for the beer. We owe you one, and uh, have a great weekend, okay, bud? Love you guys. Take care. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Be sure to catch us every weekday, 3 to 7, on 93 WIBC, or subscribe and get it right to your phone.